0: Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets Podcast.
1: Joined by special guest Mason Plumlee. I thought he was gonna knock that ref out in LA. <laughs> Coaches will get testy <laughs> with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him that <laughs> What's up? Welcome to the BSN Nuggets podcast. We are presented today by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. You can also reserve their products online and pick them up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use promo code BSN20, BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Wednesday edition of the show coming to you after this Nuggets loss to the Warriors The Nuggets fall 116 to 102 this evening. Only a 14 point loss seemed like a 24 or 34 point loss. Joined by a special guest on today's show, Jenna Garcia of Mile High Sports. How's it going, Jenna?
2: What's up, Harrison and BSN listeners? I'm super stoked to be on your podcast today.
1: Well, I was on your podcast, so I thought I had to return the favor.
2: Yeah, and our pod did like the best of all the pods.
1: I like to think that's because I was on it.
2: Exactly. That's exactly why. Or maybe we just vibe, you know, we have a good banter. There's Maybe there's a combination of things.
1: Yeah, well, we'll see how the next 30 minutes go <laughs> okay. before we we're, jump to conclusions like that one. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> but, I mean, I think where I want to start tonight is the main theme coming into this game, for me at least, was this was like the battle for the one seed, right? We've been going back and forth all year long. The Nuggets were in the one spot for a couple weeks here and there. Then it was the Warriors going back into the one spot for a couple weeks. Do you give the Nuggets any shot of recapturing the one seed after tonight's loss? Or do you think this was kind of their last opportunity to to do so?
2: Yeah, I think this is definitely like you just finished off your season in at least the two seed. I mean, seriously, if they were going to do anything, it would have been tonight. I thought... Malone would either either go into this game thinking one of two things let's rest the guys because we know the Warriors come out to play us hard every time so I thought why not just rest them you know rest Jokic rest Jamal after he tweaked his ankle last game um or you know or come out and get a big win and maybe Golden State doesn't come out as strong because they don't care they've already proven their point which they clearly didn't feel that way. They felt like they needed to prove another point, which they've proven very clearly, which is that the Nuggets cannot compare to the Golden State Warriors, even when Kevin Durant is not in the game.
1: (laughs) Right, yeah, we'll get to... Their best freaking player. We'll get to Durant's night in a second. The rest thing has been an interesting topic with this team, like you brought up, because they've been very direct that they're not going to sacrifice rest. They're not going to push their guys past their limit to get that one seed, you know, but they've also... Not rested them. Right. They've also said, you know, we still want to keep pushing. We still want to lock in home court advantage in the first round and maybe potentially in the second round, of course. And, you know, now they've got, what, five games left in the season? Uh, I think up until this game, and really probably through tomorrow's game, it might be a little too early to rest. You think of the next
2: few games coming up. You got Portland back-to-back in Portland and in Denver. Like, And Portland is in a full force right now, obviously with the Nurkic unfortunate um, injury. But like, Portland's a team that you could beat. You can beat Portland with Nurkic. So Mm -hmm. now you're going to play Portland without Nurkic. They beat them
1: twice earlier this season with Nurkic.
2: Right, so why not play them... Play them out as, a, as your full force. Play them as if you're coming against them in the, in the playoffs. And you know Golden State is going to beat you. Why not just rest the guys? They keep saying this, you know, okay, let's, let's – we rest them because we don't practice. To me, that game looked like they needed to practice. Mm. Not hitting – how many threes did they hit? Seven out of 31 threes on yeah. the night. Like they're starting – Starting guards, Will Barton, Gary Harris, and Jamal Murray combined, like hit one for
1: nine. Nine. I'm looking at it right now. Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, and Will Barton were one and nine from three tonight. Uh, Jamal was one of five. That's your starting
2: backcourt. That sounds like they need a little practice.
1: Yeah, either practice or some rest. Um, I mean, the three-point shooting has been a big theme, right, over the last couple of weeks. Over... The Nuggets' last six games they are shooting 46 of 180, 25.5% from three point range.
2: What did Nick tweet out during the game? Like, if you're keeping count, the Nuggets have missed like 51 of their last 63 taken right. three pointers. They've missed like, like 75 not, straight threes in a so row. It's so bad. It's really bad.
1: Yeah, and so I think that's probably a, a bit the fact that there might be some tired legs right now. And. I don't think it's because these guys are playing crazy minutes because they're not. It's not like Nicole Jokic is playing 37 minutes a night. He's playing around what he did last year. Same with most of the guys on this roster. They're playing as many or even fewer minutes than they were per game last year. Maybe it's just it's that time of the year. It's late in the season. Then again, the Nuggets really weren't having these types of shooting struggles late at this point last year. Mm-hmm. The other explanation is... These shots just aren't going in, man. This has just been a six-game stretch where the Nuggets have missed a lot of open threes, which they have. They missed a ton of wide-open threes in that loss against the Wizards. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think any of this is just them missing wide-open shots? Do you like the looks they're getting at all?
2: Yeah, I think that they're getting pretty good looks. That's the that's my problem with it is you're getting good looks unfortunately like that Wizards game was just abysmal and it really really honed in on this they continued to shoot from the three-point line and they weren't making anything I understand how important the three-pointer is in today's game but like you have to have a secondary option you have to have some sort of play you can run that gets you a two at the very least like when you're hitting brick after brick after brick
1: they settled a lot in that game Yeah, yeah
2: for a lot of and I would say settled for decent shot selection but they weren't hitting anything. And, again, they're not hitting anything tonight. They're not – maybe, to me, that seems like they need practice. Yes, maybe they need rest as well, but, like, that's just not going to happen. When they went gonna through right
1: now, so. a shooting struggle and a shooting sump like this last year, I do remember Michael Malone saying to us, you know, before games and at shootarounds, yeah, we just worked on a lot of shooting today. That was their go-to strategy when they went through a slump like this last year just to, you know, get up more shots and practice and whatnot. And, yeah, they're not practicing a ton these days, but they are still shooting around from time to time. Maybe yeah. that will be a focus. I don't know. I always have this notion in my head, like, NBA players are such good three-point shooters. like They can just roll out of bed and, you know, shoot 37%, 38% from three. But <laughs> When you're going through slumps like this, maybe you need those extra reps. I don't know.
2: Well, and it's just unfortunate because it seems like everyone's going through a slump. You know, you see guys, the starting lineup, the starting backcourt struggling, and then you get Monte Morris in there, who's been, and, and Malik Beasley, who have been fairly consistent guys coming off the bench for the Nuggets, and they're struggling as well. Malik had three points tonight. That was one three pointer that he hit. Mm-hmm. And Monte as well has been struggling over the course of the last few games. He had 10 tonight, but not not his best game and not his most productive as far as assists go that's one thing that I've noticed as well is the assists have gone down as a whole team the the amount of sharing the basketball and, and I don't think it's because they're not creating assists I think it's because they're not hitting shots
1: right well yeah just, there's just not scoring yeah and you can't exactly. be getting assists when buckets aren't going in I talked about this on a Tuesday show, I got a question about, like, what do I watch for during games? I always watch for how many assists the Nuggets get, particularly in the first quarter. Like, you know when they get off to a start and they have eight assists on their first 10 field goals or 10 assists on their first 12? That's usually a good indicator that the Nuggets are going to be pretty good on offense, Mm -hmm. you know, throughout the evening. But uh, against the Warriors, 22 assists. Then again, they only had 39 or 36 baskets on the night. Like they barely eclipsed the 100-point mark. Somehow they got over 100 points on the last play of the game. Right. Uh, we with, didn't
2: even get to see that. They like cut right. to commercial or were like doing a voiceover at that moment, so we right. don't even know who hit the last basket.
1: Right, The Nuggets almost were held under 100 points for the fifth time in six games, but got over it uh, at the very end there.
2: Well, and like you were saying, we were talking about this during the game too, like Plumlee was wide open – at one point during the game where, like, whoever was guarding him, I think it was DeMarcus Cousins, had given him a lot of space for a long two, and you were like, he's not going to take that shot. And I was like, he needs to be able to take that shot. And we were talking about it again when Trey Lyles was, again, DeMarcus Cousins guarding him at the block, and Trey's at the three-point line. And DeMarcus isn't worried about it. Trey misses. Yeah, It's unfortunate right now there that were, they're it was all funny. There, struggling. There
1: were a couple guys in this game, and I want to get to the bench unit in, in a second here. There are a couple guys in this game that you just didn't worry about from outside of 20 feet if you're the defense. Draymond Green, <laughs> nobody's really been guarding him from three-point range this season. The Nuggets sagged off him a ton. Right. Trey Lyles, there were some possessions in this game where Kevin Durant was pretty much acting like a rover on the defensive end of the floor. Not even a care in the world where Trey Lyles was. Obviously, you don't need to defend Mason Plumlee from outside the paint, but a lot of weird stuff (laughs) going on on the defensive end of the floor in that respect. Let's hit a break real quick. A lot more to get to from this game. I want to talk about the bench unit and also the first quarter because the Nuggets actually got off to a good start in this one. Right. Couldn't hold it, though. But let's hit a break real quick. We'll be right back.
0: Dr. Rick and his team at Belmar Chiropractic focus on getting to the root cause of your problem instead of chasing symptoms. The results have been like above and beyond anything I could have ever expected. My pain is completely gone, full of energy, even throughout my entire pregnancy. He was able to adjust me and it sounds crazy to say, but like no back pain throughout my whole pregnancy. That was just really amazing. It's better than anything I could have expected for sure. That was Caitlin. Like her, many people who had looked everywhere and tried everything finally found relief and healing at Belmar Chiropractic. It makes you feel really comfortable because he always tells you what he's doing before he actually does it. So I always felt really, really comfortable and they're all so warm and welcoming as well, which is always great. Dr. Rick can help decrease anxiety and depression, reduce stress, improve mental focus and clarity, provide better quality of sleep, boost your immune system, and so much more. He's definitely the most knowledgeable chiropractor I've ever been to, and I've actually have recommended him to many, many of my friends and coworkers. Give Belmar Chiropractic a call today at 303 233 1236
1: Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets Podcast. We are presented today, of course, by the Green Solution. Check those guys out, myGreensolution.com. You can get twenty percent off your entire purchase when you use the promo code BSN twenty. I want to talk about the bench unit, but I want to give a quick lay of the land in the Western Conference here at the top. So the Nuggets now, they are two games behind the Warriors for the top spot in the West. Golden State, of course, has a tiebreaker. That's pretty much like three games. That's going to be insurmountable for Denver with five left. Yep. After this loss, the Nuggets are only one and a half games up on the Rockets for the two-seed. Then again, Houston has that tiebreaker. So, I mean, that's really only a half game. Then Portland sitting there two games back at Denver for the four. There are still matchups, two matchups to be exact, between the Nuggets and Trailblazers again this season. So that could flip quickly as well.
2: So is that tiebreaker not established yet?
1: Right. The Nuggets are up 2-0 in the tiebreaker right now. So Portland would have to win these next two games to get even there.
2: I wasn't sure about that. I thought maybe that the Nuggets already had that tiebreaker as well.
1: Yeah, they have it right now. But, I mean, who knows what's going to happen after these next two games. Portland is playing okay without Yusef Nurkic right now, and that's a tough place to play. If you had to guess what seed the Nuggets wind up at, do you think they hold on to the two? Do you think they slip to the three? I mean, there's a chance they could really slip to the four after this is all said and done. I mean,
2: who does Houston have left to play? They a date Clippers? with
1: the Clippers here on Wednesday. And then they finish up against the Knicks, against the Suns. That's probably two more wins. Jeez. And at the Thunder. So that's going to be a worst-case scenario for the Rockets going 2-2 two and two over their final four.
2: You think losing to the Clippers but beating the Suns and the, uh, the Knicks... And losing right. to OKC. Yeah, that's worst case scenario. And I don't think they're going to lose to the Clippers. Probably not. Maybe OKC. Yeah, that's pretty rough. I would have to say that Denver probably drops to the three seed by the end of the season. I don't think that Portland can can get up on Denver at this point. I think that Denver will take those two games against Portland. Just because I feel like they have Portland's number. But Seems like they do. Yeah, but if they're shooting like they did the last couple of nights, right. um, it's going to be a rough, rough way to end out the
1: season. Portland, I, I don't want to burst your bubble here, but Portland has a cake schedule throughout the final five games. Okay, let's hear really, Portland's Other schedule. than the Nuggets, they play at home against the Grizzlies. That's okay. going to be a win. Then they play Denver for those two games. At the Lakers, home against the Kings. So, I mean, you could easily see Portland having three wins there automatically, and then those two Denver games are up in the air. The Blazers have had this unbelievably easy close to the season. Let me just rattle you off the schedule here. Since they lost Nurkic, let's just go from there uh, when they beat Brooklyn in that double overtime game. Then they played the Bulls, the Hawks, the Pistons, and the Timberwolves. They won three out of those four games. Just yeah. an absolute joke of a schedule to finish Seriously.
2: things off. Well, Houston's schedule sounds like an easy, easy finish as well. The Nuggets have a tough finish. If, like the toughest I could think of, aside from having to play Houston one more time. Right. Like they, so we got San Antonio tomorrow, which San Antonio has actually done a really good job defensively against Jokic, perhaps the best job defending Jokic all season, Um which I was thinking, you know, it'd be funny to see Jokic matched up with Pop, like probably two the most hot headed couple ever <laughs> in the NBA. Like they'd just be getting tossed like constantly. It'd be one of the two. <laughs> oh, of you're them. saying if
1: they were like on the same team? Yeah,
2: if they were like the coach and player on the same team, wouldn't that be like ridiculous to watch? Yeah. It would always There'd be
1: like too much basketball IQ to go around.
2: <laughs> right. Right. They'd just be like, you like guys <laughs> like, don't know shit. basketball
1: IQ. Everybody would be like, what the heck are these guys doing? They're like operating <laughs> on a whole nother wavelength.
2: Right. They're all five steps ahead of everybody yeah. else. And just frustrated with the whole team. But um, yeah, San Antonio has done a really good job defending yoke over the entire season. So that's going to be a tough matchup. Plus it's, it is on the second day of a back-to-back, which is I like guess typically play well during, but I feel like after a back-to-back against Golden State, they're morally going to be depleted tomorrow. And so I I don't really expect them to pull out that win, even though it's here at home. Then they face Portland twice, and Utah. Of all teams to face, like, Houston and Utah are such a tough matchup for the Nuggets. Like, this is not an easy finish to their season.
1: Yeah, I, I think they probably wind up at the three. I don't think they slip all the way to the four. They could hang on to the two. If I'm a betting man, though, I'd say they wind up at the three. I think they get this win tomorrow against the Spurs, though. They're, for some reason, and I have some theories, but like I feel like I haven't cracked the code on why they're so damn good on back-to-backs this season. They're Maybe. 10-1 and on back-to-backs this year. It's the best mark in the league, and they're at home where, yes, they're coming off a couple really poor – home games maybe two of their worst home games of the season against the Pistons and the Wizards but I think they can bounce back against the Spurs I will be interested to see where this team's morale is at though like you said because on one hand they have not played well offensively for a while I still feel like they're getting pretty good shots and they're just not going in and then again like we got to remember that this is the Warriors you know right It's easy to forget because the Nuggets had played the Warriors pretty tough over the last couple of years, and then in that January 15th game when the Warriors put 51 points on the Nuggets in the first quarter, everything's been different since then. I don't know if it's the Nuggets getting just psyched out and not playing with that same confidence against Golden State or if it's the Warriors just actually trying against Denver since that matchup, but – it just hasn't had the same feel when these two teams have matched up. We've got to remember that these are the Warriors, right?
2: Right. Like, Golden State has five all-stars. Like, they're – yeah, they're a beast of a team to take on. And you saw that tonight when Kevin Durant was out of the game and they did not struggle one bit to continue to produce. So, unfortunately, that that is the case. But – and I would say I – would, I would agree with you. Like, if it was any other team they were coming off of that back-to-back, I would say, like, yeah – Bet on the Nuggets to win that game. But for whatever reason, the Warriors are really in their head this year. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that they either... I mean, it could go the other way. They could be pissed about this loss and and come out raging tomorrow. But (sighs) I don't really get that vibe from the Nuggets.
1: The Warriors have just really taken the Nuggets seriously in these last three matchups.
2: Which should be, like, a compliment.
1: Right. Should be. That should say to the Nuggets... And I guess to everybody, to everybody watching that, okay, the Warriors at least respect the Nuggets a little bit, that they're at least going to show up when they play each other. Right. I really got the sense of that. I remember at that shoot around before that game where the Warriors put up 51 points in that first quarter. And the Warriors were complimenting the Nuggets left and right. And that's usually a sign from Golden State that, okay, they're going to come out with some fire Mm -hmm. that night. And they sure did. Everything against the Warriors has really been different since that game, though. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, I remember you saying that about that game, that just like how Kevin Durant was complimenting him so much. And we were like, maybe KD wants to come to Denver next year. (laughs)
1: Hey, never say never. Never say never. What was so weird, though, was that in this one, the Nuggets actually did get off to a good start. Because in these last two games against the Warriors, Golden State has just come out and blown the doors off Denver. But the Nuggets were up 18-13 to 13, midway through the first in this one. What do you think just kind of happened from that point on? Because from my perspective... And this has kind of been the case in all these Warriors games. Once Golden State goes on that first big run in these two previous games, it's happened right from the tip. In this game, it kind of happened midway through the first, but Denver just hasn't really been able to respond to that first big run.
2: I honestly think it's the the three-point line. The three-pointers that Denver is – the looks they're getting are good. And Denver and Golden State, like in that first quarter, Denver had hit two threes and Golden State had only hit four. Golden State had attempted – 12, so a little bit more than Denver. But then they go into the second and third quarter, and the Nuggets only hit one three during the entire course of the second and third quarter combined. Mm. So, and Golden State starts going off, and that's that second unit that was in there that we were talking about Plumlee, Tory, I think it was Trey Lyles in that one. The
1: all bench second unit. That was was a rough. Morris, Malik Beasley, Torrey Craig, Trey Lyles, and Mason Plummer. That
2: was a rough setup, a lineup for the Nuggets. And um, the Warriors definitely took advantage of it. And they started hitting their threes during that lineup being out there. And the Nuggets weren't hitting anything, which Mm -hmm. is un characteristic of Monte Morris and of Malik Beasley. Right. But they're guys the who have only... shot
1: the ball well above 40% from three this year. Right.
2: Monte's like eighth in the league from three-point line. So, like, you know he hits threes, but for whatever reason, these last few games he's been struggling. But, again, like we talked about, you have three guys out there who don't shoot the ball. Yeah. At least don't really shoot from anywhere outside of, what is it, three feet from the basket
1: maybe? Yeah. You're talking about the three non-shooters pretty much. And I don't want to characterize Trey Lyles as a non shooter, but he's been so bad from three this year that the defense just plays him like a non shooter. You know, yeah. they're going to back up off him. They're going to give help elsewhere to drivers and to Monte Morris and Malik Beasley. They're not going to guard Trey Lyles as a knockdown three-point shooter. They don't guard Torrey Craig like that. And, of course, Mason Plumlee, if he's out on the perimeter, you're going to sag off him.
2: Right. And so you're looking at three for 22 in the first three quarters from the three-point line for the Nuggets. That's really bad. They're attempting a lot. They're attempting a lot of three-pointers.
1: But to make three out of 22 in the first three quarters, that's rough. And my theory about this team, and i got to give Scott Hastings credit because he always says this and – I never really believed them until this year, but this team locks in on defense once their shots start falling on offense. Usually, it's reverse. Usually, I feel like once teams are locking in on defense and get stops, that leads to their offense. But for this group of guys, for whatever reason, for the Jamal Murrays of the world, the Will Bartons of the world, those guys start locking in on defense, I personally feel like, and this has been Scotty's point for the last couple of years, they start playing harder defensively when their shots aren't falling.
2: Doesn't that seem like a millennial thing to do?
1: (laughs) Maybe a little bit.
2: Like we only um, work hard once we've already seen uh, something produce or something productive. What is wrong with us? Jeez, (laughs) it's ridiculous. That's such a Jamal Murray way of seeing the game is like, okay, I'll play some defense when I see my shot fall. But like the entire team has taken that on. And that's weird. That's definitely not what you typically see, like you said.
1: Right. It's not typical. But in a sense, it's kind of worked for this team because they've been so good on offense for these last two, three years. But when you're going through a three-point slump like they're in right now, when you shoot 7-30 to 30 from three in this one, and you know your totals over the last six games, 46-180, you're not going to really have that focus defensively if that's how you've kind of been operating the whole year.
2: Well, and Malone has addressed this countless times, and sometimes specifically to Jamal, talking about referring to his conversations with Jamal about, like, don't just let your offense dictate your defense, but push yourself on defense despite whether your your shot is falling or not. Right. But, like, I know that, that he's not only speaking to Jamal that way, you know. So and And his biggest goal coming into this season was they weren't going to be one of the worst defenses in the league. And so it seems odd to me, like, that this is their mindset at this point in the season.
1: Yeah. It's worked for them a lot this year. I mean, let's not forget the fact that the Nuggets are still 10th in defense this year. They're still 6th in offense. This has been a brutal stretch, no doubt, on really the offensive end of the floor, but it shouldn't take away from what this team has done for most of the season. There's kind of been a pattern, though, and this last six-game stretch is kind of an example of it. At the beginning of the year, if you remember, it took them a while for them to find their offensive rhythm, but they were like a top three team on defense, Mm -hmm. and then it kind of flipped over the middle part of the season. They were unbelievable offensively, and their defense started to slip, and since the All-Star break, it's flipped back in the other direction. I mean, since the All-Star break, the Nuggets are the fourth best defense in the league. They're the 23rd best offense Since February 22nd, over their last 19 games, where they've gone 12 and 7. So it's totally flipped back to what it was at the beginning of the season. Yeah. It's been an interesting kind of storyline to monitor. When their offense has been great, their defense has sucked. And usually, when their defense has been great, their offense just hasn't been there.
2: And I think for such a long time we were all wondering, like, no, no. I think the storyline went from like, okay, their defense sucks because we're missing Gary Harris, or we're missing Paul Millsap. Once we get those guys back, we're gonna be better on defense. And then, you know, then, oh well, Jamal's injured, or Jamal's really tired because he had to pick up slack while those guys were out. So once that once he gets better and once Will Barton comes back, the offense will take off and it's like riding this roller coaster of excuses kind of mm-hmm. for why. And it's like What can we attribute it to? Like, we need to find a way to to like pinpoint it at some point. Like, what is going on? Why is it one or the other?
1: Yeah, I mean, would it be really surprising to you if Denver just came out and shot forty percent from three tomorrow against the Spurs? Because I wouldn't be shocked. Like, we've seen this team turn on a dime before.
2: No, that's the thing. Is like, I there was a time in this season, my short life this season, where I thought anytime the ball left Malik
1: Beasley's hand, it was going in. Oh yeah. I really felt that for 65 games. Right,
2: right. For a large majority of this season, that's what I was feeling. Um, So, no, I wouldn't be surprised if they had a game where they shot 46% from three-point line. But but what I guess I want to see is, like, sustainable production or production over a course of time. Well,
1: consistency. That's been another theme with this team all year.
2: Yeah, consistency. Exactly.
1: Yeah.
2: Malone has addressed that, too.
1: Yeah, it's kind of been the talking point over these last couple weeks. It's a young team. Young teams tend to be inconsistent. But, I mean, the Nuggets, they've got to grow up eventually. Do
2: you think that that narrative has really gotten to their head at all? Like, they've been told so many times, you're a young team. Young teams fluctuate. Young teams aren't ready. You have no playoff experience. Like, how much of that is getting to their head at this point? Because they are getting close. Like, what are we, six, seven games Five games left before yeah, five the season. Games left.
1: I I don't think it's really gotten into their heads. My read on this team for the last couple of weeks has kind of been that this has been a group that has heard the noise about playoff expectations and oh, you need to make the playoffs for really the last two years. They've finally clinched the playoffs. They clinched what two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago now.
2: But they've said that that's not their only
1: goal, right? But I, I get the feeling though that like this group of guys they're just ready for the playoffs. They're ready for the playoffs to begin. And they're kind of burnt out from the regular season, and they've seen the playoffs as just this thing on the pedestal that they've been shooting for for the last two years. The same group of guys, because this roster has pretty much been the same for the last two seasons. Mm -hmm. They've just been searching for the playoffs for so long. They finally got it. They finally locked it in. Now they just want to see what it's all about.
2: That sounds like the guy who's like in high school, he really wants to date you. He hasn't hit his growth spurt yet, but then junior year he finally does. And you're like, all right, I'll give him a chance. And then he blows it because he doesn't know what to say to you. Or he's just been like, oh, I finally get to go out with her. And now I have nothing planned or nothing to say. And like, I'm blowing it, man. I'm blowing it.
1: Seems like you're talking about a specific person. (laughs) Is that that a personal (laughs) experience?
2: (laughs) I'm not. I'm not talking about a specific person, but well, maybe. (laughs) (laughs)
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Got some final thoughts on this game. I want to talk about what Kevin Durant did tonight to end here because the Nuggets just did not have a matchup for him. That's kind of been a theme developing across these Nuggets and Warriors games over the last season or two. But first, though, a quick word from Total Beverage. Right now, they've got a really awesome deal for BSN listeners. You guys already know that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado. Now they're delivering to anywhere in the North Metro area, all the way from Wheat Ridge to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off a $50 purchase on their website and app if you use the promo code BSN10. BSN10. Again, go to the Total Beverage app, go to their website, plug in that promo code BSN10. You can save $10 off a $50 order and have it delivered right to your door. They deliver it anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. Let's finish with Kevin Durant in this one. He was unstoppable for really however long he was out there before he got ejected. We
2: were trying to figure it out. Was it in the third? Yeah, it was at the beginning of the third that he got Yeah, because he played
1: 21 minutes, came out right after halftime, and then got ejected, Nikola Jokic-style, the quick double technical.
2: Which I love that Stephen A. went out on Twitter and was like, that was entirely too quickly for him to be ejected. Like, have you ever watched a Nuggets game, Stephen <laughs> A.? Because, like, it's every time Nikola opens his mouth. It was
1: a weird whistle tonight because... Like, I don't think the Nuggets got a ton of calls by any means. I mean, on the first play of the game, Jokic got shoved with two hands in the back under the hoop and almost fell out of of bounds. Of course, didn't get the call. Got a couple calls, though, throughout the night. A 50-50 call on DeMarcus Cousins charge he got, which was impressive. Yeah. It almost seemed like the refs were maybe a little pissed at the Warriors for some of the antics Golden State's done over the last week or so after those uh, fines came down this morning. I mean, can
2: you blame them? Can you blame him? Like, they have get away with a plenty. Right. Plenty. Plus, did you see what Kevin Durant said? I don't know if we curse on your podcast or not.
1: I can bleep it out, but so go for it.
2: He said, he called the ref a Wow. <laughs> so, what did Jokic say to the ref the other night to get his second technical? I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> and he got his second technical. I think Kevin Durant probably deserved a second T.
1: Yeah. I mean before Kevin Durant got tossed out and said uh, and had that nice friendly exchange with the referee 21 <laughs> so points funny. 9 of 13 shooting from the field 2 of 5 from 3 The Nuggets don't have a matchup for Kevin Durant. No. He's torched Tory Craig this year. He's torched Will Barton this year. It's been so weird how well the Nuggets have defended Paul George because he's the same kind of scorer. I mean obviously Kevin Durant's a better natural scorer but you know, six nine, six ten guy who can score from three levels, who can just put the ball in the hoop. They've defended Paul George well this season for some reason. They've got no shot against Kevin Durant though. I
2: don't. I don't know if it's maybe his release. Like, do you think it's the the fact that how high Kevin Durant releases the ball from on his shot compared to what Paul, how Paul George releases the ball? I, I'm not even sure if that comes down to how often but KD makes everything. Like I just think some it's of the these fact. shots are like he his eyes can he cannot see the the basket. There's no way he can see the basket and he still drains.
1: I think it just might be the fact that Kevin Durant is arguably the best scorer of all time and is probably in my opinion the best player in the league right now. Yeah. Maybe it's just that. I don't know.
2: <laughs> He's definitely this frustrates the crap out of me when people try to tell me that Curry is better than Durant that Curry's the best player on the Warriors. I'm like, if you watch Durant carefully, like, he's ice. He, I mean, he's amazing. He's but amazing I think to watch. Steph
1: Curry is the most impactful player on the Warriors. Kevin Durant's the best player on the Warriors, if that makes sense.
2: How? Curry doesn't even play defense.
1: Well, because Curry... Durant's
2: actually a good
1: offensive and defensive player. Then why are the Warriors so good over the last two years when Steph Curry is in the lineup and Kevin Durant's out of the lineup?
2: Because they have Clay, who can still hit a spot up. True. They have other pieces. I mean, I haven't looked at like how how well do they play when Curry's out of the lineup yeah. compared to how Durant is out of the lineup. Not as well. I... I I wouldn't dis- I wouldn't argue with you on that, but I, I would say, I think Curry is more of a, a leader for mm-hmm. the team. like maybe he just is like more of a glue piece, but
1: I think what it is is Kevin Durant is the better player. Like you put Kevin Durant on a team of, you know the most Lakers. average <laughs> you put <laughs> Kevin Durant on a team uh, with four of the most average players in the league. That team I think is gonna be better than if you put Steph Curry on that same team with those four average players.
2: Yeah, I think Curry needs more pieces around him to be who he is as a player. Where I don't think I think Durant is like A D in the sense that Anthony Davis in the sense that he still will be an ice cold shooter and he'll still be the a great impact for that team despite who's around him.
1: But my take on him on the Warriors is that if you have Curry on the Warriors Without Durant, they're a better team than if you had Durant on the Warriors without Curry. Why? Because that's kind of what the stats show, and they were a 73-win team before Kevin Durant got there, I guess would be my two big points.
2: But Curry still went out and recruited him. He still knew he needed him.
1: Yeah, because when you can just go get Kevin Durant, I mean, why not? not? (laughs) Yeah. God. All right. Any other thoughts from this one? Nuggets lose 116 one Oh two. I think we both think that the one seed's pretty much gone. The two seed is in danger right now.
2: Danger zone.
1: What do you expect in this Spurs game?
2: Like I said, I think that the Nuggets will come out and lose in this Spurs game just because of their morale being depleted. I mean, you were there. You walked into that locker room after um, that last game. Well, The Wizards game? Yeah, the Wizards game.
1: I describe that as the most somber locker room I've possibly seen all season.
2: Nobody spoke. Nobody. And Michael
1: Malone addressed the media for what? In the shortest
2: sentences, shortest words. I mean, it was after losing to to the Wizards like that, then going on the road and getting your butt whooped too, and then coming back, like... Who wants to play the Spurs? Who are like the team that never quits? They're like the right. freaking energizer bunny. They just right. like
1: The Spurs are one of ugh. probably the most annoying team to Seriously. Play when you're a
2: funk. Yeah. The only good thing is that Manu Ginobili is now retired because that's the one thing that would make them more annoying <laughs> than they are currently.
1: All right. Well, I think they win tomorrow. We'll see. Maybe we have to bet something on
2: it. I, we should. We should make a bet. All right, we'll see. Cosmos pizza.
1: That would be good because I could really use some Cosmos tomorrow after the game. That would be great. Thanks for coming on. For sure. Where can people find your work? What's your Twitter? Shout it out.
2: Twitter, Instagram, anything really. You can find me at Vida Viva Diva. It's V-I-D-A V-I-V-A D-I-V-A. Three letters, three words. Once you figure it out, it makes sense. But the first time around, it maybe is a little
1: confusing. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure it out. (laughs)
2: You took six years of Spanish, man.
1: (laughs) Uh, You can also find her work on Mile High Sports as well.
2: That's true. Right Um, there.
1: Doing your job, plugging your own work for you. Thank Um, you. Well, thanks for coming on. For sure. Tough game for the Nuggets. We'll see if they can bounce back against the Spurs. We'll have another show recapping that game coming out on Thursday. Talk to you guys then.
0: For all new patients, Green Mountain Dental Group offers free teeth whitening trays when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Just mention BSN Denver.